Welcome to the Mic'd Up Podcast. This is Are You Still Watching? Uh, today we're joined by a different co-host. This is my cousin, Michaela. Michaela, say hi. Hi. We are conferencing <laughs> via Zoom, which was initially conferencing via Google Hangout, but yeah. Google Hangout was being irritable. It was being uncooperative. Um, we are here to discuss season six of The Office, though. You, we are. You requested to be here specifically for this season. So make the case for season six as to why you wanted to be on this podcast specifically. Okay, so first of all, I told you I wanted to do season four or season six. Because I'm yeah. acknowledging that season yeah. four is perfect. Like, I just yeah. want to say that season four is perfect. Correct. But I thought it would be more interesting to discuss okay. season six because okay. you were like, season six. Well, yeah, it's, it's outlandish. It's like, it's saying your favorite, your favorite part of the Neapolitan ice cream is strawberry. It's. That's true. It is? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's good. I like strawberry ice cream. Strawberry ice cream is fine, but it's not, it's not chocolate ice cream. Okay. But see, okay. So here's the thing about season six. Yeah. Um, we talked about this a little bit over text yesterday. Correct. Season six is very like storyline driven. Yes. Which I find really interesting and really compelling versus some of the earlier seasons being more comedy driven and they don't really necessarily drive a, like the one plot forward. It's just like, here's a day in the life of the office, which I think was sort of the original intent of the show. Mm -hmm. And then sort of as, as they went along, they were like, we got to like, I don't know, put a story in this or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned the whole plot driven versus episode driven thing. Um, Season two, very episode driven where everything Mm -hmm. is focused on the comedy. Um, Mm -hmm. The comedy is at the forefront of everybody's mind. It's how can we make the show as funny as possible Season four, um, there's not, I mean, there's the whole storyline of Jim and Pam getting together, but um, it's It's like a subplot though. Yeah. But the comedy takes the the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, Even season five, there are a ton of different subplots that Mm -hmm. just resolve themselves after two or three episodes. Um, Whereas this season there is, so Jim getting promoted feeds into um, kind of how him and Michael balance out Dunder Mifflin going under, and then that feeds into Saber buying him out. And so, yeah, it, re- it really is um, a lot of big, big picture um, plot lines happening this season. So here's a list of things that happen in season six. So Jim gets promoted, and Dwight is instantaneously just very I upset. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I try to think of a word. That was more than upset. Enraged. Enraged. That's a good word because there's a talking head at the end of that episode whenever he's just like, ah! yeah. um, and so it's, it's actually a really weird subplot of Dwight trying to, I wouldn't say usurp Jim, but trying get Jim to out of the picture, trying to get yeah. him out of the picture. Yeah. Uh, Pam and Jim finally get married. Dunder Mifflin goes bankrupt. Saber, <laughs> Saber buys Dunder Mifflin. Jim gets demoted. Uh. Pam and Jim have a kid and then some printers catch on fire. That's pretty much season six in a nutshell. It's great. (laughs) And it doesn't seem like a lot because last week in season five, I had like a, so like in my notes, I organize, I like, I try to keep it as organized as I can and everything's in a numbered list. 
and then there's sub list within that list. Season five mm-hmm. had like A through P of bullet points. This one, I'm only at G. I'm at like what the seventh letter of the alphabet, sixth letter. What is that? Yeah, yeah, seventh. Okay. Um, so a lot more big picture things and little yeah. subplots we have to maneuver <laughs> throughout. Um, last big Jim and Pam season though. For real, which this is this is their last two raw. Yeah, it kind of, in a way, and then they the show writers sort of like force the weird drama towards the very end that like everyone yeah. hated and everyone was like, "Why did you do that?" Like, no. It, yeah, it 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 was, bad. it was it was very pushed. It was yeah. It was as far away from organic as it possibly could be. Um, yeah. we still have, I guess, uh, and and I guess we could talk about this now. I want to talk about just looking at the show through the lens of an office um and then we can mm-hmm. go back to discussing jim and pam but ever since so as we watch this as we watch the show i'm reading along in this oral history of the office um right. and one of their biggest one of the creator of the the creators of the show's biggest you know uh selling points originally for the uk version was these are all different people that we've encountered in an office so whenever i start watching the show through that lens of you know andy is always searching for love or contentness or happiness or whatever it be yeah everybody knows somebody like that he's a real Mm -hmm. person um and that's why like in season seven i have such i wouldn't call it beef i I have gripes with will ferrell guest starring because he's like too (laughs) too famous to be in the office you know what i mean yeah because you're never going to meet anybody as absurd or as funny as will ferrell in your office so yeah whenever I start looking through that lens and whenever like people, people don't like the saber merger. Um, they, they just don't like that Mm -hmm. storyline, but it honestly makes sense whenever you evaluate it through the scope of an office. Yeah. Well, and honestly, yeah, um, that happened to me. Yeah. Um, I had, my company was bought out by another company and I had very similar experiences. Like not obviously like to the degree of the office because it's absurd and that's the point, but like, it, it shows like the dynamic of having to adjust something that you've really worked hard for and you've, you've curated and built into something different and aligning that with somebody else's vision. And so that, I love that storyline. I love that merger because it's something that I experienced myself. Yeah. So I find a lot to relate to in that and also laugh at in that Yeah. <laughs> because like, I get it. Like I've been through that. So I think, I think that they handled the Sabre storyline really, really well. Well, even, um, <laughs> Because I think a lot of people our age pick the show up, you know, uh, we both graduated high school 2016. So I, I started watching in 2014-ish. Yeah. So I, I picked up the show right after it went off air and it went to Netflix. So a yeah. lot of these things, whenever, you know, I've, I mean, I've seen the show a million times, but until more recent rewatches, I've, I've attempted to like contextualize everything and be like, yeah. oh, this storyline makes sense because you know the recession's happening as this is airing, and it's it's mirroring right. what's happening in society, <laughs> and that's yeah. And, and you know, when, whenever you watch it, you know, in t- with twenty twenty eyes, it's like, why why are they concerned about losing their jobs? Well, yeah. idiot, he you know, there's <laughs> the global economy's <laughs> falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, back to Jim and Pam though. Mm-hmm. Uh, last big Jim and Pam season. After this, it's it's kind of, you know, their their romance is like done. It's boring. It's 
it's normal. Yeah, it's just not showcased anymore because yeah. like seasons one through really until six when they get married, like we see this. There's the the will they won't they, and then everything while they're dating and then engaged. It's like the ultimate like love story, and it's beautiful, and everybody yeah. loves it, and everyone cries, and it's great. And then once they get married and after they have their first child, like it just it stops being at the forefront of everybody's mind because there's not really anything left to do with that story. And it just sort of becomes something that like is. And then even when they have another kid later on down the road, like it's not nearly as big a deal. It's yeah. I feel like almost like a, a footnote in the storyline. They're like, Oh yeah, here's the well, Yeah, the bigger kid. one is Angela being pregnant. Oh whoops, yeah. spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. She was Season like people. 14 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All four people yeah. listening to this are gonna be shocked. <laughs> um Yeah, don't tell anybody. But um and that's interesting because like we see the dynamic of like Pam and Angela being in the same place at the same time. Yes. Which is super strange, but then the focus is not even on Pam and Jim's relationship. It's on Pam and Angela's relationship. Yeah. In a that, way. That's always been a weird one too, that just that old dynamic of Angela being the ultimate I don't know, stickler. Um yeah. and Pam just Pam just not doing anything to her. And and like everybody <laughs> knows something. And again, like looking through the lens of the, the office, everybody knows. Um I know I've worked with people in the past who are just like the utmost like to a t follow the rules don't deviate from that i'm writing yeah. you up if you do something <laughs> like everybody everybody knows that person yeah um last thing before we jump to the episodes what are your thoughts on gabe i'm curious i've grown to love gabe i like i've gabe grown to love gabe too like uh, yeah cody, I, cody keeps joking I... that he doesn't like gabe or that like it's Why? like gabe's hilarious Gabe's great. I love Gabe. Yeah. Um, I think I'm trying to remember the first time that I watched through because I feel like it was probably about 2016 the first time I watched through. Um, I don't remember. I, but I, I feel actually, like in, actually, I think it was 2017 because you sent me a text. Was it? You sent I know me a I texted text you. And you said, I'm sorry. Like, I'm doing it. Or maybe <laughs> it, it, summer 2016 sounds right, actually. Yeah, because I can't remember right. if it was right after high school. I, I was it working at the college then. I think it's then. Yeah. I think it's then. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to remember exactly my initial reactions when I first watched that and first saw Gabe. <laughs> um, I recall not liking him because, like, everybody doesn't like him for some reason. But, like, the more that I've gone back and watched it, the more I appreciate his character. And I think yeah. he's so underrated and so funny. He's hilarious. I love him. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's his, the peak of his comedy <laughs> career is Sprank, his inhaler, and Todd Packer's beer. And then Todd Packer puking everywhere and saying they don't make these cords oh, and boot cut anymore. Um, yeah. That's, that's my favorite game moment. But everybody, like, <laughs> I feel like everybody has somebody in their life, though, that is just, like, obsessed with Japanese stuff. Yes. Like, just, just, like, oddly obsessed with it. Just uncomfortably obsessed with yeah. it. And just for no apparent reason either. It's like, hey, have you ever, you know, it's... been to, you know, Tokyo? And they're like, uh, no, actually never been out of the state of Florida. Yeah, like, and you're like... Oh no! <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's, they're like, have you watched this new dubbed anime? It's like, guy, yeah, stop it. Yeah, I have that friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to do you want to get to Scott's tots now, or do you want to save it and that be our magnum opus? I'll leave it up to you. 
I feel like in a way, I feel like in a way it needs to be the magnum opus because it's the most controversial. Okay, so So, so we'll build up to it because I have thoughts. We'll build up to it. I have thoughts on that episode. Um, The first episode we're going to discuss is Gossip. It is the first episode of season six. It's incredible. Uh, It's, I mean, from start to finish, a a work of art. It's uh, amazing. The opening (laughs) cold open. Um, my favorite thing in the world is just yelling gainer. (laughs) Um, but this episode, just a quick synopsis for all you people Uh, out there. Um, there are rumors going around the office about two of the interns they hired over the summer who may or may not be dating. Um, Michael feels left out. So he starts, um, or he hears a rumor from the interns that Stanley is having an affair he instantly goes and spreads it. It spreads like wildfire because Michael is the wildfire. Um, come to find out that rumor is actually true. Stanley is having an affair. And so Michael has to retroactively try to retract his rumor by spreading other rumors about everybody. Um, in this episode, Matt, or the reason this episode matters is because one, it's just a great Michael episode. Incredible. Um, two it is on the Mount Rushmore of moments where the need for Michael to meddle with his employees is like top of his priority list top tier man um and also it's it's a good uh Jim and Pam moment how they didn't want to have Stanley's life ruined um Mm -hmm. over a a supposed rumor um Mm -hmm. I find myself going back to watch this episode a lot it's funny. It's good. It's a good episode. It's, it's really good. It's it's one of those, um, you know, some of these episodes too, you don't go back and watch for certain reasons because maybe yeah. there's a episode before that references something, but this one's just like a drop in the bucket. Don't need any context. Turn it on, watch it. And you're mm-hmm. good. Um, this one is one of those good, like single uh, story driven. episodes. Yeah. 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 And it just, I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, time for our mics, which are like the Oscars, but better. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so the mic for uh, best quote, this is just quotes within this episode. Um, not a lot of, okay. Uh, last, last week, I wonder if, I forget if Michael sweeps any of these categories or not. Um, but we'll start mm-hmm. off with Michael here. He goes, I hate, hate, hate being left out, whether it's not being picked for a team or being picked for a team and showing up and realizing the team doesn't <laughs> exist. Or that the sport doesn't exist should have known poop ball <laughs> kills um, me every time <laughs> every time poop ball um this is an interaction ball. between andy and kevin a rumor about andy has spread that he is gay um and andy is drinking tea and him and kevin are giggling about it in the kitchen and andy goes Haha, i like it a lot i love tea and then kevin goes do you like it as much as you like men's butts <laughs> I love Kevin. Kevin is such a great character. Yeah, I take a bullet for Kevin. Yeah, his, absolutely. His, just, his evolution just from like, uh, just like, I don't know, quiet, stupid guy to guy that can just drop one-liners and make you roll just, on the floor. He's out. It's, he's it's great. incredible. Um, I can't wait to talk about Kevin when we get to uh, both Niagara episodes. Mm, a big heat check from Kevin. Peak. Kevin. I mean, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin's throwing 114 miles an hour those episodes. Yeah, it that's is, great. 
It's incredible. <laughs> uh, here's Dwight talking to the three interns. Dwight goes, look at the intern to your left. Now to your right. One of you will do exceedingly well in business, just unlimited potential. One of you will make a living, nothing more. And one of you will make a great mother as he's looking at Megan. It's up to you to choose which one to be. I just love the idea that one of the boys could be a great mother. I love that. Yeah. It's yes. great. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is, I think, a really underrated, underrated Creed moment. It's one of my favorite Creed moments that I quote all the time for no particular reason. If I yeah. can't scuba, then what's this all been about? What am I working toward? Um, and then uh, so one more from Michael. How long have you known about the pregnancy? A week? A month? <laughs> a year? <laughs> Pam's response to that makes me giggle too. Yeah, and She's then like, Jim, Michael, we've known a year. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, he asked him if uh, he peed on a stick, and Jim's like, oh, I did. Came back yeah. inconclusive. Um, the mic for the best quote of the gossip episode goes to who's your winner, Michaela? I don't know. I really love that first Michael quote. It's yeah, really football. good. It's football. Yeah, football gets me it's every football. time. As someone who grew up playing organized sports and playing pickup yes. games, um, yeah. poop ball? <laughs> Football. Okay. Uh, the best underrated comedy moment. Um, these are just little observations I made while watching the episodes. Um, if you have any more to add, please feel free. Um, so there's a little giggle that Michael does whenever he knows something that nobody else yeah. does. He's a um, child. He, he really is. He's a nine-year-old he's, who is. He's really yeah. He's a, a nine-year-old who uses potty humor and giggles because he has a secret. Like yeah. Oh, it's great. It's uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so Michael starts going over and spreading the rumor about Stanley. He whispers it about Stanley's affair in Jim's ear. And the way Jim looks up after Michael tells him, he's kind of like, like, <laughs> Oh no, this cannot possibly turn out great. Classic Jim face, classic Jim face. And the good, the good part about the Jim face doesn't look directly at the camera. That's true. That He doesn't give that patented Jim like side eye to the camera. Um, yeah, that's true. Kevin guessing Q during the Hangman game. <laughs> I wish I would have. Uh, I wish I would have looked at the the box of letters that he already guessed because I'm. I guarantee there's a Z in there. Guarantee. Yeah, you're probably right. Guarantee there's a Z in there. Um, let's see here. Uh, Creed being extremely concerned about not being able to scuba, and then um, one that I. So Pam and Jim. They bring in the ultrasound to prove that they are pregnant. And mm-hmm. Ryan just shouts from the back of the office. You don't even see him in the camera. He goes, don't vaccinate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that. That's wonderful. He's, he's off camera. Um, That's it's, great. It, yeah, it's one of those things. You only catch it if, uh, if, you're, if either the subtitles are on or mm. you're just – you're preparing for a podcast like I was trying to make this list. Um, right. But, yeah, or, my – Or trivia night. <laughs> yeah, or – or trivia. We talked about that last week. How bogus that <laughs> trivia night was. It was. It was a bit bogus. It was I'm a horrible. little upset. Yeah, my winner. We should have won. No, e- easily. Easy. We were like eight for eight. Yeah. If. Yeah. No, you know what we need to do? We need to go to like a normal one and just clean up, clean house. You're right. Yeah. There's a. I've. Yeah. We're we're gonna clean house at like an easy one where people are like, um, like the hardest question is something along the lines of. Uh, What's the name of Jim and Pam's second kid? Something, something stupid. 
I was going to be like, what's, what's Phyllis's husband's name? <laughs> you get the answer wrong if you don't say Vance Refrigeration at the end of it. I was going to say, if you don't say Vance Refrigeration, yeah. the answer is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think Ryan's uh, don't vaccinate it is the winner for me because that is something I didn't pick up on. That's, yeah, Star. that's great. Um, that is. That's perfect. That's one of those that's, little. And that's so, such a Ryan thing. <laughs> yeah. Because once, once Ryan is, uh, I don't know. Sober is the correct term, but once he comes back, season six, Ryan is just like the the second uncle you have, like your great uncle on Facebook who only shares, yeah, like Infowars articles. Like that's it's like we have one of those. <laughs> is water turning the frogs gay? Like that kind of stuff, like ultra conspiracy stuff. Um, he is. That's that's but season he's like six. Twenty. Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's like he's, great. He, he's a master's degree. That's the scary part. Yeah, he's he's, he's an educated. He's a master's human. degree. He was he was like a CEO or something. Yeah, for youngest, the youngest VP in company history. Yeah, VP. Yeah, incredible, Crazy. incredible. Yeah, Pro- the propaganda machine. Okay, here are uh, some questions great. we don't have the answers to, but we're gonna make up the answers right now. Okay. Okay. This one really isn't a question. It's more of a. Well, just just anything that's better. List the things you would rather do than intern for a paper company that doesn't pay you anything. Gosh, uh, scuba. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. I, I don't go, even like yeah. the water, and I would scuba. 100% scuba. <laughs> um, I don't know what would be more entertaining working at a working at a factory that makes uh, I don't know, denim jeans or a paper company. I mean, this particular paper company, though, like well, that was yeah. The in, whenever they do the cuts of all the things that the interns went through over the summer, yeah. um, they were harassed by Meredith. Um, yeah, they were. I mean, all sorts of different things. They, these yeah. these kids were exposed to. Um, I yeah. I, w- I probably wouldn't last like two weeks. I'd be. But at least like their day to day was never the same, and That's something true. insane was always constantly happening. Because like when I think about it, I think of like like the episode for office olympics and i'm just like mm-hmm. how fun would that be like even if you were annoyed by it and you were like man i just want to do my job like at least there's something exciting and interesting going on every day and it's not just mundane so dunder mifflin i'd probably rather work for a paper company in general i'd be like yeah staples forget about it staples nah forget about office it. max i could never yeah office depot you kidding um <laughs> Okay, so I guess the answer to this question kind of was already revealed in the episode, but uh, is Michael's logic about polluting the rumor mail true or is it effective? He, he says he no, says because the, he says you can't untell something. So this is whenever he retroactively. He's right. Yeah. yeah, he's he's right about that. But like the way that he goes about trying to reverse the wrong that he did is so Michael because. Mm. He, does like if he had um if he wanted to take the same premise and do it but actually spread rumors that were believable mm-hmm. that's fine but like the most yeah, believable that's, that's rumors the we have that's are the that Pam is pregnant rumors. which is true yeah um and the other only other believable one is that andy is gay <laughs> which yeah. is not true but is believable well that leads me to <laughs> the my rest next of them are that leads me to my next question <laughs> excluding the two true rumors which rumor is the closest to the truth Angela marrying an 81 year old billionaire who owns a Quiznos on the turnpike Kelly having an eating disorder 
Aaron being close to being fired, Andy being gay, Creed having asthma, Oscar voicing the Taco Bell dog, Toby being a virgin, Kevin being Kevin being controlled by a little person inside of him, or Dwight using store-bought manure. Which one is closest to the truth? Okay, I'll get to that in a second. My favorite one is Toby being a virgin because he has a daughter. It's <laughs> my favorite one. Because he goes, how can I be a virgin? I have a daughter. It's in the Toby voice. <laughs> It's great. It's so good. It's like, great. it's such a, it's a Michael thing. Cause he's like, okay, what's the yeah. worst insult I can give Toby? He's like, he's a virgin. No, one's like, uh, it's like an eighth grade insult too. Like, Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, which one's closest to being true. I think the one that's closest to being true may be Angela. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, or Kelly, because yeah. we'll see that later, but that one gets a little dark. So I don't really want to touch that one. Well, yeah, and Kelly, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole different podcast. About, yeah, we see that in Waitlist. Yeah, where, yeah, in uh, weight loss. Yeah, season season five, Kelly eating the worm, passing yeah. out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. One more question: Is there a universe where Andy Bernard and Brad Pitt find themselves at the same beach cabana? Yes, but because Andy is working there. <laughs> okay, so Andy's like the the daiquiri guy or something. Yeah, Andy's like the pool boy. Because, okay. Okay. Because he he can't do anything else for some reason. Yeah, and I don't. Brad I don't know Pitt how this there. I don't know how this dude so like how how he works. Like in season five, we didn't talk about this in season five, but whenever Andy uh, Charles Minor is getting on to everybody for Michael Michael Scott Paper Company stealing their clients, Andy's yeah. like Andy's like I think I should kind of have a bit of a pass because I haven't been here the longest. It's yeah. like, but you've worked for Dunder Mifflin for over three years, like. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. and like the thing is they absorbed all of Stanford's clients. So like yeah. he should still have the same amount of clients that he brought with him. Yeah. So, yeah, Andy's a mess. Yeah, but I like that I answer. I love hate relationship on, with him. Oh, well, yeah, cuz like Andy like so post anger management Andy to like season 8 Andy was cool and then yeah. season 9 Andy is a <laughs> totally different animal. Um but I yeah. like that answer only if Andy <laughs> is working there. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk Niagara. Uh, this is a two-part episode. Um, so I will describe the episode in its entirety, but just know that for quotes and other awards, we'll be awarding them separately as to what quote or what moment happened in which part. Um, yeah. So essentially Niagara is just what everybody in the office has been waiting for. The moment Jim and Pam get married, um, this is the entire office goes to Niagara Falls to witness the marriage between Jim Halpert and Pam Beasley. Um, and this episode matters because this, I mean, this is, this is the, uh, just the moment everybody's been waiting for. This is the seeds were planted early in season one. Um, and finally we get to reap what we planted. Yes. Finally. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm a farmer. (laughs) Um, yeah, bet you didn't, bet you didn't know that I used store-bought manure. Um, <laughs> so, farm. yeah, so a lot of the quotes in this one, this is, a lot of these are more of interactions. Um, there yeah. are a lot more funny moments than funny quotes. Um, yes. and I found that to be the case in a lot of the episodes where I was, I was, yeah. I was taking notes of moments instead of, um, you know, typing out specific quotes. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so this is a uh, Michael driving with Dwight to Niagara. He goes, Oh God. Wow. Oh, I was asleep. Those glasses are super dark. 
Um, I love that. And then uh, Michael goes to uh, goes to get his reservation for his room. He does not have a reservation, so he asks Stanley. He asks Stanley to sleep with sleep in his room. Stanley goes. A queen size bed is five feet wide. I am not five feet wide, Michael. He is sleeping with uh, Cynthia, whom he was having an affair with earlier in the season. Um, Spicy. Then, yeah, yeah. So a queen size bed is five feet wide. I'm not five feet wide. Michael then goes, I'm not a physics major, Stanley. I'm just saying, be careful. And then he goes up to Aaron and Kelly, and Michael goes, hey guys, hey, can I stay in your room tonight? Aaron goes, oh gross. And then Kelly goes, blow my brains out. <laughs> never like right but kelly is like over the top and i love it <laughs> yeah kelly is just the meanest kelly honestly could probably get a get a role as like the fourth plastic in mean girls honestly oh yeah for sure ruthless yeah. ruthless ruthless uh, um and then this is this is uh michael still trying to find a room again toby comes up to him this time and toby says michael i have one extra twin bed if you want it then Michael says, you're going to be sleeping by yourself for the rest of your life, so just get used to it. Love it. Ah, love it. Love it. Even outside of the office, Great. we still hate Toby. Uh, yeah. Michael, Always. Michael is still stuck on this room thing like 10 minutes later in the episode. Um, so Jim uh, spills the beans about Pam being pregnant. Uh, Pam's meemaw is very mm-hmm. um, old-fashioned. And so Pam says, Meemaw's not coming to the wedding tomorrow. She's leaving tomorrow morning. And Michael goes, there's going to be a free room. <laughs> and then the fact that Michael goes and talks to Meemaw yes. and says, they're going to name the baby after you. That, that, that's, that's the next one. He says, Michael goes, they're going to name the baby after you, you know. They're going to call it Meemaw. And she goes, you mean Sylvia? <laughs> or if it's a boy, Silvio. <laughs> Yeah. I guess they're gonna call it Meemaw. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, I just the the uh hmm, I don't know which one I wanna pick. Um I I, I wanna go with there's gonna be a free room. Yeah, that's pretty great. Just because that's so after the fact. Yeah. And they they kinda drop it on you. Um <clears throat> and it's it's just so far removed from the original joke. That's what makes it funnier. But I really like yeah. the, the glasses being dark too. That one that one made me giggle. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites is not from one of our standard office characters, but it's when Kevin goes to pick up his shoes at the front desk. <laughs> and the lady said they had to be incinerated. The smell overcame him. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't worry. We I got questions about Kevin's shoes. Oh, I, got, oh, I, I have so many about questions him. about Kevin. I got questions. This is the this is the only two episodes that I took notes on when I was rewatching because there were so many like subtle funny moments that yeah. I was just like, I have to remember that. It's great. Yeah. Well, uh, do you, let's let's go ahead and do the moments then. Did did you uh, okay. did, did you have a winner for best quote? Did you have a particular one you fancied? I like the Mima quote. I think it's great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about underrated comedy moments. At the very beginning of the episode, um, Jim tells everybody in the office they're doing a like a do's and don'ts list. Jim says mm-hmm. there it's a no firecracker wedding. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're immediately asked, well, are fireworks provided? And Jim says <laughs> no. And then everybody is like visibly upset that they cannot bring fireworks. And it's not just like a they're Dwight so thing. Upset. It's a Dwight and a Kevin and an Andy. Um, everybody's upset about these things. This is something I didn't catch until this watch. Um, so one of my favorite Dwight lines of all time is you know Dwight's playing the recorder 
He goes, that was for the longest time by William Joel. He does he didn't say Billy Joel, he says William Billy Joel. Billy Joel, it's William Joel. And that's just one of those like little writing things that is just so perfect. So Michael yeah. in this episode, he's doing recon for Michael to see if any women yes. could hit on him. And Dwight calls here. he calls Googling, he calls it he says he search engine something. Yeah. And it was it's just it's another one of those little like Dwight. <laughs> I don't know if it's a mannerism. One of those just only it's specific to Dwight. Only Dwight. Only Dwight. Yeah. Um Michael tying full soda cans to the back of his car. Oh gosh. That's a good one. That's gonna be tough to beat. It's um, great. Pam's sister Penny thinking that Gil or Kevin was Gil. It's Gil. <laughs> um, and then Oscar just getting extremely upset. Um so upset. The way Michael turns off the TV in Meemaw's room is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> because she she can't turn it off and he goes, Oh, okay. Boop. And it's yeah. it's like a gentle boop. Um yeah. He's Dwight. really gentle with her, like, in that scene, like, the way yeah. that he talks to her and the way he interacts with her. He's just like, they're gonna call, they're gonna call the baby Meemaw. Yeah. Silvio. <laughs> and he's just like, he's just so gentle, and it's yeah. so funny to me because yeah. he's insane. <laughs> yeah, insane maybe an understatement. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dwight's casual outfit is hilarious, but but the way Michael describes it, he says, it looks like you're going to a fish fry. <laughs> <laughs> um. And do they I, have fish fries in pennsylvania that's that was that was my next question is like i we know what fish yeah. fries are we know um, what a fish fry is we there was whenever i was in high school there was fish fries at football games like that's yes how, that's how deep in the south we are um yes but like even in like niagara like we're talking tippy top yeah. of the u.s like i don't, I don't yeah know. Um, a fish fry? <laughs> yeah okay so dwight having uh nine and three quarters horses yes um, and then Dwight obsessing over twins, male twins. I yes. Say. <laughs> Michael, I found twins. I love a good set of twins. With that being said, I think the full soda cans is the winner. You you did not mention. Oh, hit me. Or, with are we doing? No, are hit, we doing hit, Kevin moments in a separate thing? I mean, we we can do it now. I, I have a okay, question so like, in part two about Kevin. Okay, so like number one, Kevin's toupee. We have yeah. to talk about that. Yeah, that is that is a question I have. You just want to answer it right now. <laughs> sure. What's, what's, what's worse, the toupee or the the, t- the tissue box shoes? What's worse? The toupee. <laughs> you think the toupee is worse? The toupee is worse. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Because the tissue box shoes, like they're bad, but like one circumstances happened, his shoes were incinerated. So like, okay, but like people don't see your feet when you're sitting at a wedding, and like. If he was sitting at their reception at a table, like you can hide your feet, like it's not a huge thing. The toupee draws the attention to him okay. because it is so improperly fit for his head. That's true. It's awful. It's okay. terrible. Counter. As someone who used to work in a shoe store, as somebody who would work, uh, you know, nine, ten hour shifts at shoe store sometimes, mm-hmm. feet would get a little stinky because you know I'm mm-hmm. walking around, I'm running around. That's true. So if Kevin's shoes smelled so bad to be incinerated. <laughs> That means his foot hygiene was just not good to begin with. That's true. So if he's wearing tissue box shoes <laughs> with slits, you could. I, I'm sure the smell was still bad. You're right. That's the You're argument totally for the right. tissue box. Both are bad. Yeah. Both are bad. Both are awful. <laughs> Both are horrible. Um, yeah. But uh, let's see here. Let me see. Do I have any no Kevin questions in part one? Um, yeah. But here, here's some questions that I have that we'll make up the answers to right now. Um, yeah. How many tries did it take Dwight to record the seduction CD for Michael? How many takes did it take? 
Was it just one perfect take? Did he have a script? That's a great question. Yeah. And I've, I've thought about know. this long and hard. I feel like it may have just been a perfect tape kind of thing. I, th- I think it was one take. I think it was one take yeah. and it was good. I think so too. And honestly, I think that was sans script. I think it was I think it was off the top. I think so too. Off the top. Yeah, I think so. I, I think agree. Dwight said the things he wanted to say to Michael all these years. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Dwight's just like so good at articulating exactly what he wants to say. I can't imagine yeah. him scripting it out and then also doing multiple takes and not believing yeah. that his first take was perfect. Yeah, very well. Spoken. Dwight. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> so if you if you worked in a hotel, what at the front desk what would be worse than having to tell somebody that their reservation is not there? Because that has to be the toughest part of the job. Like what's, uh, what's telling, worse than that? Telling someone you had to incinerate their shoes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Touche. Uh, because okay. like somebody having, not having a reservation, like it's probably not your fault. It's probably their yeah. fault. Yeah. Um, if it There's is your fault. It's still an awkward like, conversation though. Oh, it's super awkward. I wouldn't want to do it. I don't want to work in customer service because, no, Karen's, you know. Um, (laughs) But, like, so that's super uncomfortable having to tell somebody. But, like, at least that's, like, kind of not my fault normally. So, like, I can kind of, like, sleep at night because it's, like, you know what? That wasn't my fault. I just had to do what I had to do. But, like, having to tell someone that you as a business incinerated their shoes. Yeah, that's that's a bad look. (laughs) Okay. I agree. That's a bad look. All right, you got me on that one. Um, why does Dwight need two safes? Because he's Dwight. I don't know. I don't, what is he? I've, I've personally never used a safe. I've, I've, I mean, I don't travel a ton. Um, yeah. I like to, I don't know what to put in there. I like to think that maybe he uses one, one for like, um, future business ideas. Okay. Because he came up with the, with the quarter horse nonsense. Yeah. So maybe he has like a notebook that has all of his Sharper future. Sharper is still considering it, I hear. Business. Yes, Sharper yeah. Images is still considering it. Plans that he yeah. just keeps in one safe. And the okay. other safe, I don't know what he keeps in. I don't okay. probably want to know. Um, yeah, <laughs> we don't want to know. Um, yeah. I had a question. This is more of me being confused. Um, yeah. So Mima is Pam's grandma, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the wedding dinner or the rehearsal dinner, yeah. Meemaw says to Pam, I wasn't sure about your branch of the family, but isn't Meemaw Pam's branch of the family? Yeah, but I think she's saying that because her parents got divorced. Okay. Because that's right when that happens. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of an odd statement for your grandmother to make to yeah, I don't you. Know. It, was just, it was just weird. It was confusing. Yeah, I think it, I think that it could have been phrased better, but I think what she's trying to say is I wasn't sure how you were going to turn out because of how your parents turned out, and maybe she's got some siblings who are wild. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, this is my biggest. I don't know if complaints the right word. The mm-hmm. biggest the biggest question I have surrounding this episode. Jim is Jim has been established through all six seasons as a well spoken, articulate personable charismatic character mm-hmm. why was he so thrown off whenever Mimo asked why pam can't drink why why was he so so frazzled um i mean that's a good question it's a great but question. also like 
It's, it's a great question. It's a great I really, question. <laughs> I need answers. I mean, I think that like, okay, so it's it's the eve of his wedding. He's getting married in the morning, which is terrifying, by the way. And as somebody who is currently engaged um, and has not reached the eve of their wedding yet, but is already nervous for it, like, I can understand the brain frazzlement. We got a venue. We're talking to a photographer. What up? I'll take um, the pictures. 20 bucks. No, you're emceeing, so. <laughs> Can you imagine me being the photographer? <laughs> You'd be like, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, no, your job is to your job is to emcee and plug the podcast like four times as payment, so. Only four? Maybe five. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have my manager. It's a short here. reception. I don't know. We'll have to drive Thank a Thank God. I hate wedding receptions. Yeah. Same. We're trying to peace out. So. Okay. I got you. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Um, as someone who can understand their, like, brain frazzlement of being there. And then also, I have a feeling that Jim is incredibly intimidated by Meemaw because she's a scary-looking old woman. True. Much much like our Meemaw. I'm intimidated by my Meemaw. Yeah. I'm a guess. She's, she's I'm so also. sweet, though. She's so sweet now. But Pam's Meemaw just seems but like... But Pam's Meemaw. Like, she seems more like Dwight's grandma, honestly. You're right. She's got German roots in her. <laughs> See? That's it. So I, I think that Jim panics because, one, he's got a lot on the brain there, and he's kind of nervous. And, two, That's fair. maybe Meemaw just super scares him, and he's like, I don't know how to recover from this. Because we see, we see Jim being shocked a lot, but we don't often see Jim trying to verbally recover yeah. in a way that saves things. He just kind of is like, okay, let's move on. So mm-hmm. I think this is one of the first times we see Jim trying to create a narrative that is false. Okay. Instead of trying to distract from the present narrative, which is okay. normally what he does. I accept your explanation. Thank you. <laughs> As someone who um, is not engaged... Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, I cannot comprehend the, uh, the, uh, the franticness, the brain might, <laughs> uh, embrace. I don't know. Yes. Um, yes. those are words thrown together in a time. sentence. Um, they work. <laughs> are there no, no noise complaints at this hotel? Well, normally when you book for a wedding, they book out the hotel. Okay. So they have their own floor. Yeah, so that's what I think, oh. which I think is what the issue with Michael was, was that there were no more rooms. Oh, no rooms in, in the block. block. Okay, okay. Yeah, because when he goes to register, he says, uh, Halpert, Beasley wedding. Beasley. Okay, got it. Because they book you a block of rooms, and then whatever rooms aren't booked by a certain date, yeah. they release. Maybe I should have researched just how hotels work before this podcast. Yeah. Would it save me well, a, wedding, a lot of trouble? Booking ho- yeah, booking a hotel for a wedding is very different than booking okay. like a regular All right. hotel. I'm tracking. Yeah. Um, and then Michael says he cried during three movies whenever he's trying to hit on women in the bar. Toy Story, Finding Nemo, and Up. Rank those from saddest to least saddest. Up is the saddest. Up is the saddest. It has you crying in the first five minutes. I ha- I watched Up once in theaters, and I have never seen it again. I've, I've watched it, it once so as well. It was so sad. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm not touching Traumatic. It. Not touching Never it. again. Um, I haven't seen Toy Story in a really long time. I think Finding Nemo is too, though. I, I agree with that, but I've seen Finding Nemo more recently. Um, find, it depends on what stage of life you're in, number one, because Up was sad as a child. So I can't imagine yeah. watching it as an adult and especially watching it as an adult, like as someone who has found like their life partner 
like mm-hmm. imagining what Carl is experiencing. Like, oh, mm, nope, I won't touch it. Yeah, my so, eat this week. My dog can do this week. We've talked about eating disorders. We've talked about loss. Man, this is rough. Um, Finding Nemo, I I can appreciate from the perspective of a parent, even though I'm not one. So that one hits me as an adult much more than it did as a child. So I feel like as a kid, though, it's like like you get lost in like Walmart or whatever. Oh my gosh, you get lost in Walmart (laughs) or whatever, Um, and just the idea of you know, being away from your parent and yeah. seeming like, you know, oceans and oceans of space away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I haven't watched Toy Story. I think Toy Story 3 is the saddest of them all, if I remember. Oh, Toy Story 3 is tragic. Um, Toy Story, I mean, I can't relate. Sobbed in the theaters. I mean, I can relate to losing a toy, but yeah. being a toy and losing your owner can't really relate to that. Um, but Finding Nemo, underrated, sad opening with only, oh my one, gosh. only one of his kids living from the Barracuda. His wife dies instantly. Yeah, yeah. All of his million children are gone except for one. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, it kills yeah. me. Yeah, so up, Finding Nemo, <laughs> then Toy Story. Those are the saddest I can agree. I don't really remember a lot of sad moments in Toy Story 1. Like, Toy Story 3, I remember very vividly. Toy Story 2, I have some memories from. Um, I think I watched that one more because it had a female in it. Okay. And I'm, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember a whole lot from Toy Story 1. I don't remember it being sad. Yeah, maybe the saddest part is whenever Buzz figures out he can't fly or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with that order. <laughs> okay. So Niagara Part 2. I have one quote. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have one quote. This quote um, cannot be beat. This is one of the best quotes in the series, I'd argue. I bought those boat tickets the day I saw that YouTube video. I knew we'd need a backup plan. The boat was actually plan C, the church was plan B, and plan A was marrying her a long, long time ago. Pretty much the day I met her. It's just chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Perfect quote, front to back. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to dwell on that anymore. I would argue, nope. um, I'm going to go and spoil the Dundies a little later. That is the winner for best I- quote. It's great. It's that is flawless. the only quote. That is the only quote I considered giving the Dundee too. It's like, uh, <laughs> that's it's, great. I'm trying to think of the equivalent. It's like, uh, it's like Denzel Washington in any movie. Yeah. Versus, like he's he's that quote versus yeah. trying to give me the Oscar for best actor and like <laughs> my twelfth grade rendition <laughs> of an ideal husband by Oscar Wilde. Like that. <laughs> that is the. That is the the difference we've created. Um, yeah. Best underrated comedy moment. Uh, Michael living in the ice room and complaining about having no privacy. <laughs> the guy who comes in and he just jumps down his throat and he's like, God, is there he's no like, privacy? Do you mind? Um, <laughs> so there's a moment where everybody's waiting on Jim and Pam. They don't know where they are. People think they got cold feet. Um, mm-hmm. and Kevin's like, do I, should I, do I have time to go to the bathroom? And Oscar questions, why would that take so long? And Kevin says, it's not using the bathroom. It's putting my tie back on. So Kevin having to take off his tie to pee is hilarious. Um, Toby thinking that the wedding's off and then Jim and Pam running in as soon as he says that. Um, And then Kevin, Kevin only getting six out of seven numbers and feet in the ice chest. Um, uh, These two episodes are just peak for Kevin. 
Yeah, I forgot. Honestly, that I haven't watched these two. Um, these these are just two episodes I don't I don't seek out. But these two, uh, yeah, very funny for the content matter that they yeah that they uh, hold. Like very mm-hmm. for for supposedly serious episodes, very funny. Yeah, um, they're really good. Yeah, just I think we just give that to Kevin. Anything Kevin does. Yeah. Um, anything Kevin I did, does. I did spot something funny in I think it's part one. Okay. Um, where they're at the rehearsal and when it opens, Dwight is sitting at the kids' table. The kids' table, yeah. Yeah, and what I couldn't figure out was if Jim and Pam played the kids' table or if he just naturally migrated oh, to the kids because okay. he moves to an adult table later on. And oh. later we see him talking and he's at an adult table with his coworkers. So I thought that was really funny and interesting because I couldn't tell if like he got put there and then he just like defied that what they wanted him to do or if he just like saw the kids and like went and talked to them. So yeah, I really liked that. And I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. Part so of questions thinks, we don't have answers yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, th- there is a, a special edition mic for this episode. It's the mic for the most adorable moment. There's so many. Okay. The three the three biggies. There's the whole mental pictures bit that they do throughout mm-hmm. the the entire two episodes. Mm-hmm. There's Jim Jim cutting his tie whenever Pam's veil tore. Or mm-hmm. there's teary-eyed Michael clapping after they get married. I think it's the tie. It's the tie. It's the tie. Yeah. That is just That's quintessential just a- Jim. Yeah, it's just like a self-sacrifice, and it's just Jim being Jim, and he's like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) I'd be so mad, but. (laughs) Yeah, questions we don't have answers to, but we'll make up right now. So Andy injures his genitals, and um, everybody's been drinking and partying. Pam's the only one who has not been drinking, so Pam has to drive Andy (laughs) to the hospital. Pam says she's getting married in eight hours, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's getting married in eight hours. She calls Jim, and Jim's out drinking mm-hmm. with Dwight and Michael. Mm-hmm. They cuts to them drinking, and they say, "Oh, it's after midnight. You're married." What time is their wedding? What's eight hours from midnight? Eight a.m. You think <laughs> you think they would have an eight a.m. wedding though? I've never heard of somebody having an 8 a.m. wedding. I've only heard of afternoon weddings. That's why I'm asking the question. Okay, well, I, I've heard of people getting, yeah, well. It's just odd. It's odd. Yeah, it's super odd. Zero answer to that question. Oh, okay, you know what? Here's the thing. What Pam was saying was probably not that their wedding, their ceremony was in eight hours, but or probably she starts, that she had she to starts, be up. Starts getting ready, okay. Okay. Yeah, which means that they still could have had an afternoon ceremony because it takes a long time to get ready and to do pictures. So that's probably what she was saying was that she had to be up to get ready for her wedding. Fair in eight enough. Hours. Not that she would be physically saying I do in eight hours. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so here's here's our Kevin Shoes question. Can can you think of anything that Kevin Shoes probably smelled like? Oh, gosh. I've smelled a lot of bad things having cleaned condos. Okay. Um. I've cleaned after New Year's Eve parties. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've seen questionable items on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I will leave it at that. <laughs> um, so I can imagine they smelled like probably close to rotten eggs and tequila. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was going to go with like rancid horse meat and soured milk. Do you remember that one time that your uncle Shane came home and we found out that he had boiled eggs in his car that had been there for six months? I'm glad I don't remember that. Okay. Cause we pulled them out. Oh, I don't remember <laughs> it this. It smelled awful you may not have been there but okay. i was there I was well, I'm, glad, your house. I'm glad i wasn't there it was rough so that's what i imagine his shoes smelled like second part to that question is a free breakfast <laughs> equivalent to having your shoes incinerated as, no. as somebody again who worked in a shoe store um and who has bought um i i still have because i i wait you know, so i bought a pair of clark's like two years ago to wear to work um mm-hmm. and those anywhere for you know depending on what you get anywhere from 80 to 120 bucks mm-hmm. so one breakfast one breakfast one okay because those are his like nice dress shoes like they were his his nice dress shoes that he wanted them to be polished and pretty for the wedding so like i assume that like he probably only has one or two like nice dress shoes like he may have casual yeah. dress shoes but like those were his nice shoes but i don't know maybe for kevin it's worth it cuz he really loves some breakfast that's true um yeah, this to me, next no. question <laughs> next question is something i've been chewing on for a little bit there's a theory yeah. i'm working on is phyllis the most petty in the office Yes. I don't think it's up for debate. So she has, in this episode specifically. So petty. She says, uh, she says to Stanley, oh, that's funny. Your wife used to love this hat. While Stanley's mistress is with him. Yeah. Um, she starts whispering to people, oh, maybe Pam got cold feet. Earlier in season four, she tells Pam that she has to assign potential clients to random salesmen, not who she's sleeping with that week. Yeah. She straight up stole Pam and Roy's all of their wedding decorations. I was going to say that. Had the gall to invite Pam to it. Pa- Phyllis Man. sucks. I'm just saying, Phyllis. She does. Sucks. And people not she like does. that may not like that because she's like the the maternal character within the office. But she's not. She sucks. She's Pam is more maternal. She yeah. sucks. She's awful. She she that. is she is the Toby to me. Mm. Like Michael sees Toby. I see Phyllis. I love her. Gosh. That one day that she and Pam come to the office wearing the same outfit and she's so petty about it. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. yeah, The, uh, that's a casual day. Season in the season five casual day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gerties. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, I have questions as to why, I don't know. I feel like there's such an age gap between Pam and Phyllis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. Then we're in the same thing. Yeah. That's kind of, okay. That's a joke in well, itself. Well, that was the point. That was yeah. the point of the joke was that, like, this is, like, a like an age-appropriate outfit for Pam, and mm-hmm. it's so not for Phyllis. Like, it's, oh, like, yeah. You're, yeah. you're, like, your grandma shopping in, like, the junior section. No. Okay. Okay. That's uh, the I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't buy new bad. clothes, so, and I wear the same yeah. four things. Um, <laughs> gym shorts and a, and a dry fit shirt. Um, there you go. We already discussed... <laughs> Um, Kevin in his tissue shoes and his wig. Last question. Mm-hmm. Can I organize a dance at your wedding? If you can find people to participate in an organized dance, then yes. <laughs> I'm not because doing it, luck. but just, just for the sake of sure. comedy, just for the sake. Yeah. I have I you. Care. I have you. You got me. Okay. I All literally right. passed the ceremony. I literally don't care what happens. So, okay. 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't once dance, the, so. after the ceremony, like, the ceremony needs to be, like, great and flawless okay, so and, like, after we need to be officially married. But after that, after the ceremony. I don't care. Yeah. So not yeah. before you walk pictures, down the aisle. Okay. Correct. Not before I walk down the aisle. Okay. That was, that's the caveat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not happening after. Anymore. After we say I do and we peace out, okay. okay. <laughs> You're ruining the fun, Michaela. I'm sorry. You okay. weren't going to organize to dance anyway. <laughs> That's true. You want to talk about murder? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, so murder's this, my favorite episode. This, if I'd make a list of my 10 favorite episodes, this episode is on there. I this like is this my episode. top three. Yeah. I love this episode. Um, so a brief synopsis is that Michael... <laughs> and Jim are now co-managers at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, An email from David Wallace is sent to everybody at Dunder Mifflin saying that an Mm -hmm. article written in, uh, he calls it the journal, um, not Michael's feelings journal, but the wall street journal. Yes. (laughs) It's all speculation. It's all conjecture. Just keep working. And the article states that Dunder Mifflin is going bankrupt. And so Mm -hmm. um, everybody starts to freak out. Jim's approach is let's keep working. We still have jobs. We still have a job to do. Michael mm-hmm. tries to take everybody's mind off of it, and he starts a game. Uh, it's I forget what it's called. It's like Bell's Bourbon and Bullets, I think it's called. Something like that. That sounds right. I think yeah. I think that sounds right. Um, yeah. Um, but it's basically a like a clue who done it type game. Um, and the whole entire time, Michael is um, ignoring reality while Jim is wrestling with reality. Um, yeah. And this episode is important because it it shows that Michael's antics, no matter mm. how crazy the viewer might think they are, have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Even whenever it doesn't appear that way, Michael does things intentionally, um, mm-hmm. and it works in this case. Um, mm-hmm. So the best quote. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. So uh, this is between Jim and Dwight. Uh, mm-hmm. Dwight is, I don't know, he calls it a martial arts seminar. Um, <laughs> and Jim suggests that the only worthy opponent for Dwight is himself. So Jim goes, okay, with all due respect to everyone here, I think the most worthy opponent of you is you. And Dwight goes, that is correct, unless there happen to be <laughs> measles present. Okay. Yes. Just why measles? Um, this is a, this this is one, this is just my type of humor right here. Uh, Kevin Kevin hears Michael throwing up in the bathroom. He goes, Michael, are you okay? Did you throw up in there? And Michael goes, No, I'm just pooping. <laughs> you know how I be. Just pooping. You know how I be. Um, <laughs> this is, I love. Okay, so this is Dwight. It's a total of six words, but it might be my favorite Dwight thing ever. He goes, Michael mm-hmm. needs me. Seat Save Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> That's such you humor, though, because of Seat Savers. Like, I, love, I love that. I love it. Um, let's see here. Uh, so just one of the little Michael things that always gets swept, swept under the rug is Tube City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Jim goes, co-managing is a give and take. You have to pick your battles. One of the battles that I picked was to stop Michael from running plastic tubes all over the office and placing hamsters inside of them. He was going to call it Tube City. So, yes, I do owe him one. Oh, gosh. 
one more. This is between Kevin and Andy. Andy's doing accents. Um, mm-hmm. And Kevin goes, ooh, now do the Swedish chef. And Andy goes, uh, not familiar. <laughs> what province is he from? Kevin goes, he lives on Sesame Street. <laughs> um, so that's a, that's a, those are, those are our contenders. Um, I think Seat Save Infinity might be my favorite one. Yeah, that's fair. I understand I, that. Yeah, so um, let's see here. Let's pull up our uh, underrated comedy moments. Dwight offering everyone jobs as scarecrows that the company goes under. That one's incredible. I that's, love that. And again, that's one you don't catch unless you're yeah. you're listening really hard. Um, Michael's Valley Girl accent. He goes, "That'd be totally hilarious." Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I think I think I did pretty good, Michael. There. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. This next one is also our winner of best Creed moment. That Dundee. So just be warned. It's a uh, Creed mm-hmm. showing up to work late. Michael being like, there's been a murder and you're a suspect. And then Creed <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, he just sprints back to his car. Um, and <laughs> he then tears the, out of the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, just eh, the tire marks. And then the ending standoff between Pam, yeah. Dwight, Andy, and Michael. Yeah. It's pretty so good. I, uh, so I think, honestly, I, th- I think it has to be the standoff at the end, but the Scarecrows yeah. is the most underrated. What I like about the, the standoff at the end is the part where Pam is involved. Okay. Because that's such a not Pam thing to do. Yeah, that, that was one of my questions, was how did Pam get involved in the standoff? I don't know how she got involved in the standoff. I have a feeling she probably just like walked into the room for something, and then they just started pointing guns at her, and she was just there now. But I think the fun part is that we don't know. And... It's just not a very Pam activity, and she takes it so seriously. Okay. And that's, I love it. That's it's fair. That's, and that's another thing about Pam is she's willing to, you know, play along. Yeah. Um, this is a special mic for this episode. Mic for the toughest moment to watch. Okay. Anything Aaron and Andy do. The entire episode. This is – it's rough. I was um, – I have been rewatching – the whole series because he's never seen it before yeah um tragic um and we got to this episode and just every time that andy and aaron were on he was just like oh it hurts <laughs> yeah it's it's an audible cringe it's it's painful it's rough oh, and it God. it doesn't stop this episode either it's it never gets better never gets better um even when they start dating they're always off on on different pages it's, it's horrible just, it hurts it hurts <laughs> i don't know i mean i don't know if this is tough i guess it's kind of tough love but whenever michael blows up on jim or jim blows up yeah. on michael and then michael blows up on him subsequently yeah. in his office um that's more of michael just being like look dude this is mm-hmm. like let me do this i know what i'm doing um and then there is after Jim gets off the phone with David Wallace, mm-hmm. Jim kind of like rubs his hands together and he's, he kind of like looks down at his hands and it's just like, I may be unemployed. Like yeah. That kind of, that kind of rock bottom realization. Um, yeah. But I think Andy and Aaron take this in a sweep. Andy and Aaron are just so painful the whole time. And Aaron's accent is awful, mm. which makes everything else more painful. <laughs> mm. 
because her, her attempt at a Southern accent is just, it hurts. But then she talks to Andy in the same Southern accent while they're on different pages. And it yeah. just, it makes the moment so much worse. <laughs> well, let me, uh, let me ask you this then, because we're going to questions we're about to make up the answers to. Is, yeah. Andy's, is Andy's panhandle accent accurate? Because he kind of does like the Southern thing, but then he yeah. does the Savannah where it's like, it's like molasses just falling out Yes, yeah, a real yeah. slow and drawn out. I think his first accent, what he's calling panhandle, is more of like a Mississippi. Okay. In my experience, it's it's a little too overdrawn to be panhandle, I think. Yeah. Like, because Panhandle is very present, and you hear it, but it, I think it was a little too far to be Panhandle. I think it's more of a Mississippi or Alabama. Yeah, and you've, even everybody that I know that is from here, and we're, we're both not from here, mm-hmm. um, but everybody that I know that is, like, born here, lived here, yeah. has some sort of accent. Yeah. The, the Southern in it only pops out on, like, certain words. Or when they're angry. <laughs> or when they're angry. Or, like, even even if they have it and it's, like, just permanently with their voice, it's, yeah. it, uh, it's not as, I don't know, not as expressed as Andy made it out to be. Yeah. It's well, it's it. also something that we're accustomed to hearing. That's true. So it's, That's true. it's hard to notice it unless you intentionally listen for it. Yeah. Um, and for Andy, it's a stark contrast because he doesn't normally talk like that. But okay. I still think that his, his Florida panhandle was a little bit over-exaggerated. And that That's fair. That's fair. Um, whenever Michael tries to get everybody to stay for the game, he says there will be food. He says, yes. tell Stanley there will be a sandwich platter. Yes. And tells Angela that there will be baby carrots. <laughs> baby carrots are the veggie that made Angela stay and play. Yeah. <laughs> that is her price. There's no other veggie that she would want to eat. Or any other fruit. I think that this is one of my underrated comedy moments for this episode. Because it's the look on her face when he she walks up and he whispers to her. Yeah. There will also be baby carrots. And she goes, yeah. and then turns around and walks back yeah. in her seat. And I just think <laughs> it's great. <laughs> because she's been yeah. asked to play this this game and this character that, like, morally, we know Angela disagrees with. Because it's a yeah. witch doctor. And she's yeah. very Voodoo Mama Juju. interested in that. Yeah. Mama Juju, and it's the baby carrots game. Oh, it cracks me up. There's this SNL sketch where uh, there's three coal miners, and there's mm-hmm. this uh, the third one is this flamboyant coal miner played by Bill Hader, and mm-hmm. his name's Lavar, and um, Lavar kind of knows the the coal mine gossip, and the coal miners bring up to him. And if if I can find a clip on YouTube, I'll I'll put it in right here. Um, yeah. But Lavar goes, I ain't getting at nothing except for my baby carrots. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the it's the first thing that I instantly think um, of is nothing but my baby carrots. Um, that's great. I love that. Okay. Okay. So I have one more question about this episode. Does yeah. Jim work as the serious boss? In the episodes that he was a co-manager, does he work as a serious boss? I think so. Yeah, you have you have to balance out, Michael. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Well, and I think that that is such an interesting thing because Jim is always the one who was goofy yes. and was pulling pranks and slacks off, but now he's in management mm-hmm. and he's now very serious, except for the one time um, that 
Dwight gives him the mallard. The mallard. And he keeps toying yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's still, I feel like, separate because it's it's just an attack on Dwight. It's not really having to do with the rest of the office, which mm-hmm. before we were mostly seeing pranks on Dwight, but they did affect the rest of the office. And once he reaches co-manager, it's really just on Dwight and nobody else is impacted. Yeah. So I that's think fair. that that's really interesting, the way that they did his character. Are you, ready, you ready to talk about Jim and Pam having a baby? No, because we didn't talk about Oscar. Oh, wait, did I not have that on here? I t- you did I not t- have no- that on there. No, I took a note about that. His, his... That's the best moment of the episode. Let me, let, me make sure, let me make sure I type that down, <laughs> because if I didn't type that down... <laughs> the, pl- the, the plantation! Plantation! The seeds! The seeds in the dirt! We can't find <laughs> yeah i do okay i do have it on here i just get i okay. just skipped over it i have it on here on okay. my on the notes on my phone um his southern <laughs> accent is atrocious it's atrocious but it's that funny he tries to play clip, along oh gosh that entire clip is incredible it is my favorite moment of this episode for certain maybe of the season probably definitely of the season it's it's like a top five, top ten moment of the series for me. Right, well, we'll, it's we'll, so we'll good. put in that clip right here. Phyllis, uh. Oh. Oh. This, uh plant, plant, this plantation. We're running low on uh, greenbacks, and we're having problems uh, paying the people who give us the seeds and the dirt. We can't pay them. Michael, I can't. Jim and Pam, baby time. This is another yes. another two parter. I mean, they they have a kid. That's it's pretty much. They just, have a kid. I mean, part part one. Well, part two they have the kid. Part one is more focused on Pam ignoring her contraction <laughs> times. It's a very stressful episode. It's really it is because it's like, like is, it, is this kid gonna be born like in the office like here? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. I have, I actually have a, I have one big quote and then four little quotes mm-hmm. or best. We'll, we'll do the little ones and we'll save the big one for last. So okay. Michael goes, I'm sort of a master of distraction. When I was a kid, my mom received compliments left and right from my teachers on how I was able to distract others in class. <laughs> try to think, uh, try to think what were the first 13 colonies? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is one that Cody uses a lot. Kevin, they're trying to think of the opposite of things to slow contractions. Yes. So, so, um, they're trying to do the opposite of everything. So instead of standing, you're supposed to sit. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the suggestions was eat spicy food. So Kevin goes, what's the opposite of that? Stick spicy food up her butt, (laughs) up her butt. Um, I really like this one from Dwight. Dwight goes, no, no, no. Ambulances are emergencies only. You can you call an ambulance, I'll call the cops. <laughs> but then he illegally escorts them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have uh, lots of questions about Dwight's character that we need to discuss at some point. Honestly, later. Dwight deserves his own podcast series. We could do deep he dives does. upon deep dives yeah. on his character. Um, yes. Jim and pa- Michael is driving Jim and Pam to the, the emergency room and they're arguing mm-hmm. in the backseat if they have time to go get Pam's iPod to listen to her soothing music or whatever. And Michael goes, guys, guys, stop fighting. Come on, come on. You want your kid to come out a lawyer? <laughs> uh, that was, that was good. That was one of those. That's just a one liner that, that lands really well. 
Okay. Yeah. Here's the long quote. This is a weird quote because it involves Jim and Pam, but mm-hmm. Michael's there and Kevin's mm-hmm. there too. So it's really mm-hmm. weird. So Jim goes, you know what? Let's go. We got to go to the hospital. Pam goes, okay, I'm not going. I'm not. It's fine. Okay. Come on. Come on. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. Okay. I'm not going today because I can't do it. I don't think that I can do it. And Jim goes, are you kidding me? Michael goes, are you kidding? And Michael <laughs> tries to the like, I don't know, uh, comfort Pam. Jim goes, if anyone can yeah. do this, you can do this. Then Michael butts in. You can do this. You can do this. Jim says, Pam, I'm scared. I'm real scared. Michael says, I'm scared too. Then Kevin from the back row, I'm petrified. Jim <laughs> goes, the best news is we're going to have a baby today. A really awesome baby. And then Michael goes, we're going to have a baby. And Jim says, let's go to the hospital. Very sweet Jim and Pam and Kevin and Michael moment. It's very sweet Jim and Pam moment. And then it's funny because Michael ruins it. And then Kevin is just there. (laughs) Yeah, Kevin's, yeah, Kevin's just there. But the funniest thing about like, even in the wedding episode, so Niagara and now Mm -hmm. Michael thinks he's like, just a part of it. Part of their relationship, like. A third member of their two-person relationship. It's, it's rough. It's rough. And it's, it's wow. it enhances it enhances the cringe. With that being said, my winner yes. mm-hmm. is the lawyer quote. It's pretty good. I, it, I really just, like that one. It's just a one-liner. I like it. I appreciate yeah. the writing on that one. Doesn't he look to the camera after? Yeah, he, he with a little grin. Yeah. And you can almost kind of hear like the Seinfeld. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. What is your uh, best quote from that episode? I really like the lawyer one too. I think yeah. that, that one's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of just funny moments in this episode. Yeah. Um, I laughed at this one. I kid you not. I had to pause the episode and laugh at this one. Uh, Andy tells a story about his parents changing his name whenever he was six years old. Yes. <laughs> because he had a little brother and they wanted the little brother to be named Walter Jr. Um, yeah. Aaron naming horses, but here's the deal. I don't know if they're like Kentucky Derby winners. I recognize yeah. Warhorse, Seabiscuit, Secretariat, um, mm-hmm. but her just knowing all these things and then getting upset whenever she didn't know the next one. Uh, that is, I don't know why that's funny. Um, Dwight, Dwight typing the parenting contract on a typewriter. <laughs> Dwight wanting to be referred in the contract as Morpheus. Yes. <laughs> um, Jim, the child will be male. <laughs> yeah. I, he's, and Daniel's like, I, I can't control that. Um, he's like, yes, you can. Technically, Dwight <laughs> controls that because he has the Y chromosome. But anyway. Yes. Anyway. But. <laughs> um, Jim's going crazy because Pam is not budging and not going to the hospital. And he, mm-hmm. he's sitting on the floor and his hair is all crazy. And he's going through all the parenting books. Five to seven minutes. Five to seven minutes. Five to seven minutes. Five to seven minutes. Six minutes. <laughs> but still. Um, and there's. <laughs> Dwight having his own tape measure. Mm-hmm. Dwight saying that he started his own escort service and he got the wrong kind of calls. <laughs> Dwight getting pulled over for escorting Jim and Pam. And then as he's getting pulled over, tossing the medieval weapons out of his car. Throwing about the car. And then Michael, th- Michael parking behind the ambulance, being told he can't park there. <laughs> and then throwing the keys halfway ap- across the street. So that way he could park How there. How did they get the keys back? I don't know. But that is Jim that is gets my, the car. That is my winner. Is the keys? Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's pretty perfect. Uh, runner up, Andy changing his name whenever he was six, or having his name changed. 
because he acts like it's completely normal. Um, yeah, that's how you deal with someone, man. You just just act like it's normal and look at other was, people like they're crazy. That was a poor Andy man, and we get to meet Walter Jr. in later episodes. Yeah, um, Andy's family is pretty jacked up. It's it's a rough watch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, questions we're going to answer right now. Uh, Jim is right about freaking out about the correct the con- the contractions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Well, I mean, it really depends because labor is a case by case basis. Because like you can have your contractions and then still not go into labor until or not deliver your baby for like twenty four hours after. Well, that's you what they said. Pain was in pain was in labor for like nineteen hours. I think they said. Yeah. Yeah, so it really just depends, but it's better safe than sorry, and if she's having contractions, like, that's why they tell you you go to the hospital when you have contractions this far apart. Mm -hmm. So, sometimes they'll send you home, and they'll be like, nah, come back later. Yeah. But, yeah, so, no, he's right to freak out. Also, it's his first kid, and that's his wife, and he's probably never seen her in immeasurable pain like that before, so. True. He's he's being a good husband by freaking out. True. Uh, What are our (laughs) thoughts on Pam spoiling the gender of the baby to Jim? I think it's a really sweet moment. Okay. Like. I mean, I, I don't, I don't care personally. I, I, I see yeah, people. I couldn't be. I mean, I see people online who, uh, they use this as ammo to, to pack their guns full of Pam sucks propaganda. Um, Pam's, Pam's fine. Um, yeah. She's excited to be a mom. Like, yeah, this is I mean, her I, first yeah, kid. yeah, like, I don't, I don't blame her for yeah. this, but there, there are things further down the road where it's like, Pam doesn't make sense on certain issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there are character inconsistencies all throughout the show, which the most problematic of which I find is Dwight, which is why Dwight needs his own podcast. Mm. But like, there, there are small character inconsistencies, inconsistencies all throughout the show. Um, but I think that this is a completely excusable moment because she's excited to be a mom. Yeah, this is fine. her first kid. Like she just like the curiosity just killed her, and then she accidentally told Jim, much in the way that he accidentally told everybody at the reception that she was pregnant. Facts. <laughs> so like yeah, I fair. think that they're they're now even in that regard, and I think okay. it's a really sweet moment because he's so excited and he's not upset. Okay, what is the worst name that Angela and Dwight suggest for their baby? Is it Ebenezer? <laughs> Is it Jebediah? Is it Honus? <laughs> is it Jedediah? Or is it Worf? It's either Honus or Worf. You know, I did a... I, so, Honus, the, the first person I thought of was Honus, Honus Wagner. Played baseball, like, early yeah. 20th century. Yeah. I didn't realize he uh, played for the Pirates forever. So, Pennsylvania show. Yeah, so... That makes sense. Kind of, kind of an cute. homage. Um. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think uh, I think Ebenezer is disgusting. It's pretty bad. Ebenezer my... just sounds like a skin disease. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge. My question with this is like those names are like very Mormon, so it makes me wonder <laughs> if, if Angela is Mormon, which would make sense. Like that fits in with her, like her character mold. Yeah. We never really get to understand what exactly her religion is. So like. Is it Catholic? Is it Mormon? It, she's not a Baptist. Like, but she's super conservative. So yeah. I wonder if she's a Mormon based on those names. Is the, name, what, is the name Hezekiah better than any of those names? No. Jedediah is better than Hezekiah. Jedediah is the best option on that list. Yes. 
Um, just because like Jed for short, that's fine. You, you can just tell people your name's Jed and you're good. If you, yeah. if your name is Hezekiah, you have to get creative to come up with a nickname to hide that or hope that your middle name is better. Yeah. Hope that your middle name is like Paul or something. Yeah. Um, okay. Delivery part two. Mm-hmm. I, I have no quotes for this one. Just, mm-hmm. just because there's there are, not a lot of quotes. There's not a lot of quotes. Um, so be- best moment though, best underrated moment. Uh, Michael's face when he sees Pam giving birth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I love um, that. <laughs> Michael smoking a cigar in the hospital being told immediately he can't smoke it in there. And then Michael says, yeah. you can't smoke anywhere nowadays. <laughs> yeah. um, Jim, Jim does the patented camera look up whenever Pam says she hasn't had caffeine in nine months. It's kind of yeah. like, um, it's like, that's not true. <laughs> Dwight is uh, persistent that he doesn't need a key to open Pam and Jim's house. So the way Dwight opens their house mm-hmm. is just an elbow to the glass. Um, Jim accidentally, quote unquote, buzzing the nurse over and over again to help with the breastfeeding. Um, yeah. And then Jim being extremely jealous of the breastfeeding instructor. Um, yes. Jenna, I, Jenna Fisher's husband. Yeah, yeah. Cody told me. I didn't know that. Cody told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think it's the, I don't know, just, I don't know who's your winner. I don't know. I like the smoking the cigar I, thing, but I can understand yeah. any other pick. I mean, I don't. That's, pre- I think the smoking the sc- cigar is the closest moment we get to a comedy moment in this episode. And maybe that's it's why not I like a it very so comedic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very comedic episode. Um, I do enjoy the banter with like Jim being annoyed by the breastfeeding consultant. Yeah. Just being all up in there. And he's just like, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And then Pam's so like, no, I think it'd be that's weird probably my favorite it. moment. Like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Zero sense. Yeah, I think that that is my favorite moment. But I also really enjoy the very end of the episode when Pam and Jim come home, and Dwight is in their kitchen <laughs> in a tank top in his work pants, and yeah. he's just like, "I'll be done in a day yeah, or something." I'll be out like of your hair and shortly. Pam's just like, "Okay," and she just walks away. Well, that that brings me to my my next question. Um, mm-hmm. Is new cabinet cabinetry better than any baby gift Dwight could have possibly bought them? Yes. Yes, for absolutely. sure. That is a great gift. Yeah. That's a great and their gift. And the cabinets were moldy. Yeah. So like, saving saving the air quality and yeah, just sprucing up the the resale value yeah. of the house. Um, yeah. There are two two things I want to talk about um, in this episode real quick. Um, mm-hmm. One, we get introduced to the Scranton Strangler for the first time this episode. Yeah. With with the newspaper, that's an important plot that is, is followed throughout the rest of the show. Yeah. 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 Through the rest of the show, and t- I mean, he eventually gets caught. Um, but there's some issues. Or that, does he? Yeah, there's some issues that a particular <laughs> member of the office deals with. Um, yes. <laughs> but also, there's this really like, uh, because we talk about how how real the show can be um, compared yeah. to real life. Um, Pam waiting outside of the hospital by herself with the baby crying while Jim's mm-hmm. not there. That is like as like welcome to the real world as it gets. Like, like you're on your mm-hmm. own now. That was just a really yeah. uh, um, I don't I w- it's a powerful moment um for a yeah. show that tends not to be that doesn't lean into powerful moments as much as they could. Yeah, I mean they, it's they not an overly there, serious shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like you're watching like Ozark or Breaking Bad or something where like every no, it's a comedy. Yeah, 
but they do it. They balance comedy and, and reality they, very well. Yeah, they sprinkle them in sprinkle, appropriately. Yeah. Um, yeah. This next episode we're going to discuss was recommended by you. Body language. Yes. <laughs> Can I make the argument that this is uh, more cringy than Scott's Tots? Know what? Save it. Put a pen in it. Save it. Okay. Okay. This this <laughs> episode. This this episode. Um, Michael. Uh, in in a prior episode, Michael had met a uh, what was it like a red? It was kind of like a Dave. It looked like a Dave and Buster's almost. It was very Dave and Buster's esque. Like an it's adult like arcade a, type thing. Yeah, it's like an arcade, but they, it's a very present bar. So okay. yeah, I would call it like a Dave and Buster's type. Yes, yeah, so like like an like an adult uh game bar type thing yeah um but michael meets the manager him and the manager headed off after michael had unsuccessfully uh attempted to date one of jim and pam's friends um but that's a different discussion for a different day yeah date mike yeah um (laughs) but this entire episode jim and pam are creating a sales pitch for donna who Mm -hmm. is the restaurant manager and Mm -hmm. the entire time michael thinks that she is laying out hints for him to hit on her and that could be any farther from the truth from the interactions they have inside of the office. At the end of the episode, however, they kiss, and we could, we we see that Don is very interested in Michael. Um, yeah. But until that last forty-five seconds, it's like Michael, what are you doing? I love it. This episode. <laughs> t- tell us why you wanted to talk about this episode. I just I loved this episode so much because the entire time. Michael is so out of sync with what's happening. And the entire office is like, Michael, stop. Michael, stop. And he's just like, I think I should keep going. And it's so funny. And I, it's one of my favorite Michael episodes because he's just, it just perfectly showcases how oblivious he is to everything else going on around him. Oblivious so is good. a good word. I think you used the word out of sync in text. Yes. Um, yeah, to, I did. To describe him. Um, but this episode is also important because later on we find out that Michael is the mistress of this lady. This lady is cheating yes. on her husband with, with Michael, Michael and Michael <laughs> doesn't care Yeah. until, you know, they talk some sense into him, but uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a rough watch. It's a rough watch. It is. It hurts. But if it, it, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt me in the same way that like Scott's tots hurts, which we'll we'll talk about. But like it just it's cringy and it hurts, but it's funny to me. So like I'm laughing through the pain, you know? Yeah, it's um it yeah. Okay, let's just let's just get to best quotes and try to laugh through this pain. Yes. Um <laughs> so as a part of this episode, um our beloved Gabe is trying to recruit minorities in the office to uh yeah. to attend Saber's Print in All Colors initiative which is like also, a, like a minority training program what's that Yeah, I was going to say also this is I think the first episode on our list where we have Gabe. Yeah, we uh we I we make a little bit of Gabe in a few episodes prior. I I bounced around this season yeah. like 2 months ago and yeah. we watched a little bit of it. Um yeah. But yeah, we get we get a full dose of Gabe this episode. Yeah, um, which is really great. <laughs> yeah, so Dwight wants to apply because he, of course, is, you know, he's a white minority. Um, yeah. Us white folks are all minorities, according to of Dwight. Of course. Um, so yeah. Dwight goes, uh, he's listing different types of minorities that he is. He goes, uh, glasses wearers, cholera <laughs> survivors, 
geniuses, non-organic <laughs> family farmers. The list goes on and on. You want me to keep going? Dwight. This next one may be even better. Um, so Dwight has the genius idea to, instead of Daryl, who is a self-starter and hardworking, mm-hmm. he recruits Kelly, who maybe he can mold into being his um, his little executive minion that does his bidding. And Kelly says that uh, she doesn't want to marry an Indian guy. And Dwight yeah. goes, you resent that because? And Ke- this is Kelly's rationale. She goes, Indian mm-hmm. guys always wear their cell phones outside their pants. So dorky. And then the camera zooms in on Dwight, who was wearing his cell phone on the outside of his pants. And um, then he defends it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and he takes it out and he goes, oh, Scranton Strangler in the house. Hello. And yeah. He, yeah. Um, Michael is trying to sell Donna the printer on the low low uh, because mm-hmm. he is, again, flirting with her irrationally. And... Mm-hmm. Oscar says, I don't, think we, I don't think we can sell a printer for this low, Michael. And Michael goes, yeah. okay, well, sometimes sometimes it makes financial sense to lose money, right? For tax purposes. <laughs> um, Michael, this is Michael again. A lot of Michael this episode, man. Yeah. Michael goes, I can't stop myself from kissing her. Kevin goes, you know, uh, he says, yeah, now you know how I feel sitting next to those M&Ms all day. And Andy asks, well, why don't you just move the M&Ms? And Kevin goes, well, why don't you just shut up? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. And then Michael finally again, Donna has left her ber- barrette? Beret? How's it pronounced? Barrette. Barrette? It's a okay. barrette. Okay. Yeah. And he runs down to give it to Donna. He goes, oh, you're still here. I have your baguette. <laughs> ah, I love all of those quotes so much. I love all of them, but uh, <laughs> give me a uh, give me Kelly. Kelly Kelly has my Kelly's actually, good. Kelly has my most uh, my my favorite underrated quote, which is, um, uh, what is it? Oh, I haven't cried this much uh, since Princess Diana Princess Diana died. died, and my sister's funeral. Like that that is just <laughs> like a perfect quote. Uh, who's who's your winner for best quote in this episode? I think it's Kevin. I think it's Kevin with the M&Ms. Why don't you just shut up? Uh, that's Yeah, a, it's really good. That's a good one. Um, I do I like the baguette also. The baguette's good. Um, yeah. I have just one <laughs> one uh, little comedy moment. Um, Michael eating the mint off Donna's hand. <laughs> um, just like... What is, so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It is, he looks like a horse. <laughs> it is bad. And what's even the, like, she doesn't, like, like, the things Michael does in this episode, he could get me to, like, four times. Mm-hmm. Like, just sexual harassment lawsuit after sexual harassment oh, for lawsuit. for sure. And she, yeah. like, she's still there, and she's still feeding into it. And she goes out with him and, like, dates him for, like, a period of time after this. An uncomfortable amount of time. An uncomfortable amount of time after this. So it makes me wonder how bad was her marriage? <laughs> yeah. I mean, high school. Well, like, yeah. I mean like cheating on your spouse is one thing, but like cheating on yourself with Michael Scott. That's true. How bad that's, is that's your true. marriage? Yeah. That's like, uh, <laughs> how bored are you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here, let me, let me, let me try to think of the comp real quick. That's like, okay. So let's, let's do a sports reference here. That's like, uh, let's say, I mean, her husband's a baseball coach. He's probably an average guy. 
So let's yeah. say it's, but I'm trying to think of a good average basketball player. So let's say uh, you won't get this, but this is for all the people out there. Yeah. So you have Karis LeVert who plays for the Nets. That's like trading him for Isaac Bonga, the 13th man on the Wizards. Like that is, that <laughs> the is 13th man. That is, that is the equivalent of that. I have no uh, unanswerable questions. No questions we need to make up the answer to, unless you have a question. Because we meet, I mean, my only, we meet Donna's husband, so. Yeah, my only question was the one I just asked, which was how bad is her how, marriage? That yeah, she's how bad is her marriage? She's going to cheat on her husband with Michael Scott. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Or how, yeah. Um, <laughs> Gotta be rough. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. It's time for Scott's Tots. Now I I, I just want to have it. I just want to have a conversation about this episode. No awards. Yeah. I watched this episode. <laughs> I watched this episode. Took zero notes. Every other episode took wow. notes. The whole nine. I just wanted to soak in everything. Mm-hmm. Scott's tots. If you're unfamiliar with this episode, people. Michael ten years. I'm shocked. Michael ten years prior, promises tuition to a group of elementary schoolers at the time that if they mm-hmm. graduate high school, he will pay their tuition. Mm-hmm. That is the premise. All the while, there's another, I don't know, I guess a, a subplot going on where Dwight convinces Jim to start an employee of the month program and Dwight rigs it so that way Jim wins it and everybody's yeah. mad at him and Jim can get fired. That's his plan. Um, yeah. Scott's Tots is a good episode. It is a good TV episode. It is a funny TV episode and it is not the cringiest episode of The Office. What's the cringiest episode of The Office? That's my um, Body language is just as tough of a watch. Dinner party, as far as a cringe factor, is up there, even though dinner party is the funniest episode. It is. You know? um, That's true. There are far more cringy moments throughout the show than anything that happens in Scott's Tots. In the fight in season two, whenever Jim lifts up Pam and then everybody turns and Pam's like, mm-hmm. put me down, put me down. That is I skip that part yeah. every single time. That one hurts. That one, that one's tough. Scott's Tots yeah. is a funny episode. It is peak cringe comedy. It is, it is the culmination of what the show is about. Scott's Tots is good. Cringe I'm, comedy. I'm dying on that hill. Okay. This, this is the show. It is. Here, I'll make the case and I'll, I'll let you respond. I'll let you rebut. Okay. 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 So first of all, rebuked. Okay. I'll yeah. Whatever. Rebut. Rebute. I'll let you. No. I think rebut's right. I'm just refuting. So. Okay. Okay. I'm tracking now. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we. I mentioned this is peak cringe comedy. Okay. Mm-hmm. This show is centered around how uncomfortable can we make somebody, and let's make it funny at the same time. Yeah. We see that in season. I mean, season one again. They were trying to essentially carbon copy the the tone of the uk office and it's even cringier than the rest of the seasons but it's still hilarious mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. they proved in season one that they can be cringy and they can be funny those two concepts are mutually exclusive the premise mm-hmm. of this episode is incredibly absurd and it is yes. one of one of the few times that the show's pr- the episode's premise does not line up with something you'd see in an office other times being yeah. the injury whenever Michael grills his foot. And there are a host of another, uh, I mean, a few other times where just the yeah. premise is so absurd. It's, it's a larger than just a day in an office. Okay. Right. So that means the rules for this episode and the boundaries for this episode are far different and they play with a different set of rules than you normally would with any other episode. Um, yeah. But this 
this episode in particular falls in line with exactly who Michael is as a character. He is someone who has the best of intentions and he never delivers on those intentions. He is somebody who always had big dreams and high hopes for himself and he never reaches those high dreams and big hopes. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's something just hilarious. I'm somebody who, I mean, I feel bad about saying this, like I see a video of somebody like slipping on ice. Like I laugh. It's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Humiliation comedy is funny. So there's Mm -hmm. this, the humiliation just keeps building and building and building Mm -hmm. until you get to the point where Michael announces that he can't pay the tuition and the humiliation dam just bursts. The floodgates open. Um, Things that add to the humiliation, Stanley giggling and laughing and still having the newspaper clip about Michael promising tuition. Um, Them naming a reading room after Michael Scott. Uh, The dance routine, the matching shirts, the whole nine just keeps adding and adding and adding to the the moment where Michael just says, I can't do this. But also, this episode is not only good for that, but because the subplot, the entire office is in on that subplot, okay? Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite episodes whenever all the offices end together on one thing. And yeah. this isn't, um, I think this is Dwight trying to get rid of Jim. And honestly, the reaction to, the, the office's reaction to finding out that Jim won the employee of the month is just as hard to watch as Michael saying you can't pay tuition. And then whenever they find out that the second highest score getter for employee of the month was Pam, that's even harder to watch because Pam's like, well, I won. And it's like, no, Pam, you didn't win. Um, Both leaders. I mean, they're, they juxtapose them in certain ways to where it's like both these Mm -hmm. guys days suck and they're Mm -hmm. not going to get any better. And that's that. That's why Scott's tots is a good episode. I'm standing by it. All right. I know that was a lot to di- digest. That's a lot to digest. Yeah. So I rewatched Scott's Tots because I was watching through season six when we decided that that's what we were going to talk about. Correct. And I asked you if I should put myself through the misery of watching it. And you were like, yes, because low key, it's a great episode. It is. And I was like, yeah. hot take. Okay. Yeah. So I decided to do it for research purposes. I rewatched this episode for the first time since I saw it initially in 2016, we suppose. Yeah. Um, Most Office fans watch this episode one time. It's done. It's done. Yeah, I I skipped it on the rewatch with Hayden. I was like, no, we're not yeah. watching this. It's bad. We're skipping it. So I watched it. Um, here's my problem with this episode. Okay, hit me with it. Based on everything that you just described, it sounds like it should be a good episode because yes. it does. It follows the same formula that it did in season one, with cringe comedy being the main feature. And you're laughing and you're in pain, both equally parts. Um, it does defy, you know, the office boundaries. So we see some, like, outside, um, like, what our characters act like when they're not outside the office. And we see the consistency of them being the same. Um, all of the things that you described about Michael's character are 100% accurate, and I agree with. It just doesn't hit the mark for me. It's so... Okay. To me, it was boring the second time I watched it. It wasn't even that it was as cringy as I remember it. I just, it was boring. That's fair. The comedy, the comedy didn't hit me at all on either plot. That's fair. I was bored. <laughs> I'll give you that much. My, maybe I should, maybe I should, I don't know if reframing the argument would help. I'm not set. So everybody says it's a horrible episode. 
It's yeah. yada, yada, yada. It's a good episode, but I can, yeah. I can get behind it being boring because yeah. I mean, there's not, I mean, either, I mean, I, I'm not into the whole Dwight trying to overthrow Jim thing. So I don't really care about that. Yeah. Um, the whole, but even that subplot to me was just boring because we've seen Dwight and Jim yes. mess with each other yes. in ways that are funny and engaging and exciting. But this particular one, the way that it was done and like specifically drawn out was boring because there wasn't a whole lot of like back and forth that happened. And it was, it was almost like a, like a paper thing and not a, like an interaction based thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It was, it was very, um, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know, playing a game of chess, but yeah, you're, you're not playing physically there. Like the person comes back the next day, makes a move. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not very reactionary. Um, yeah, but I can get behind it being a boring episode. I never, the reason maybe I don't like season six, um, mm-hmm. a ton or as much as I like the other seasons is because mm-hmm. of the whole Jim Dwight thing. It just seems odd. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but I, I can get behind it being boring. Um, yeah. But with that being said, it is, it is not a bad episode. A bad episode is mafia yeah. mafia. I don't like mafia. <laughs> it's terrible that's 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 the worst episode of the entire show to me it doesn't make sense Um, there's there's no jim and pam um it's just it's just odd it's weird it's odd it doesn't Um, belong i don't know and yeah i don't know maybe the writers after the wedding were like now what what do we do i don't know yeah so my my stance is adapted from it being a terrible episode to it's a good episode because of like, it should have been a good episode. Like, yeah. the content that is included in it should have made it a really good episode of testing character boundaries and exploring our characters outside of the office setting. And it's set up to be a really great episode, but the comedy does not outweigh the cringe, and it falls completely flat, and it's boring. Do you me. think if, if somebody else would have went to the high school with Michael instead of Aaron, it would have been funnier? Or would have been would have been better? I think so because Aaron doesn't really uh, like supply a whole lot of substance. So if there had been somebody there, I don't know, but I think I think something else would have small adjustments would have made it better. If Stanley had went, that would have been hilarious. Oh, he would have been laughing the whole time. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, we well, and be- I think part of sorry, I think part of what makes it boring is the lack of the characters enjoying what's happening. That's a good point because a lot of the times, um, like whenever Dwight gets picked on, it's Jim and Pam playing mm-hmm. off of one another. Um, yeah. In these episodes where all of the employees are having this communal experience, there yeah. is, there is, it's like being in the lunchroom with your friends where, you know, mm-hmm. the jokes are bouncing off one another and everybody's feeding off everybody's energy. But what you said was nobody's enjoying this. So that yeah. really like the two main sources of fun in the office michael and jim jim's the straight guy they're both miserable <laughs> yeah they're both miserable so everybody else yeah. um uh, there's some there's some like old adage about like if you're a leader um you know if you if you're if you're setting the tone and the tone's bad mm-hmm. everybody else is going to follow um so that's that's yeah that's actually a really good point um but yeah. we did it we resolved scott stotts we did it. <laughs> um dundies real quick uh, we already mentioned yeah. that the best quote was Jim's quote in Niagara part two. Yes. So just, just to reiterate, I bought those boat tickets the day that I saw that video on YouTube. I knew we need a backup plan. 
the boat was actually plan C. The church was plan B and plan A was marrying her a long, long time ago. Pretty much the day I met her, the best creed moment we already established was creed fling the office. Whenever he was a, he was a murder suspect, uh, murder quote yes. unquote. Um, yeah. <laughs> best cold open. Uh, I would like to point out before we, I have uh, seven cold opens out of okay. how many episodes were there this season? Like 23 ish, 22. I think there were 23. It was a longer season. 23. Um, so like a third of the third of the cold opens, which makes sense. Um, yeah. Ni- Ni- Niagara part, part one, is it? Yeah. 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 No, wait. Or no, maybe it's delivery. Whichever one where they're throwing up. 26. Whatever they're, whenever they're throwing up. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Um, because there's a cold open where Pam asks everybody to wear less perfume. We're- Pam throws up, yeah. Pam throws up. That's and then delivery part one, I think. No, wait, it is it is um Niagara. Yeah, it's Niagara that doesn't make any sense. Is that re- is that really it? Because I thought I that thought was she the, was I thought that, no, was that the, makes sense. I thought that was the pros and cons. I don't know. I don't remember. But no, whatever that, that makes sense because she's in her first trima- trimester and she's super nauseous. Yeah. yeah, but that one's the worst. That's the worst of the entire yeah. show. It it's was awful. Okay, with that being said, uh, best cold opens. Um, so there's hardcore parkour. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is Dwight practicing martial arts against himself. Mm-hmm. There's Recyclops. Yes. There's the cold open where they get the box of new office supplies and everybody starts getting sensors <laughs> yes. and scanners and it comes up, they're like, who's Gabe? Um, so yeah. they have to put everything back in and they're like, have you tried printer sideways? <laughs> um, Michael seals his phone in the box. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's Jim and Pam using uh, their pregnancy for sales. And Dwight's like, I need a baby. And mm-hmm. Pam says, you know what? You should try to be more personable. So Dwight goes, Hey, I could really use some money. My cousin's got that new goat fungus <laughs> bearding like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then uh, there is uh, Jim and Pam blinking and t- tapping their pen in Morse code to mess mm-hmm. with Dwight. And then finally, there is uh, Hitler, Bin Laden, and Toby in the same room. If I had two bullets, <laughs> I'd shoot Toby twice. That's, That's hard. Bin Laden, Toby, and Hitler is my winner. Uh, parkour is a nice second place. Um yeah. But I went back and rewatched that cold open and, yeah. you know, Creed's in the background, like, why don't you just curve the bullet? Like in my fa- favorite James McAvoy film, <laughs> Wanted, um, Ryan asks if there's a curtain rod in the room. Everybody's getting really yeah. into the idea of just killing Toby. Uh, Andy Toby. stoked that he was Bin Laden in the replay instead of Hitler. Like, a lot going yeah. on. A lot going on. It's a um, mess. It's, I think yeah. that that is a close second for me. What's your number one? Um, I really, I really like the, the, I need to get a baby. (laughs) The the goat fungus. Yeah. It's bearding like crazy. Um, (laughs) any, any other, uh, additional thoughts about season six? Went for a while there. 
Yeah, I just think it's a really good season because there's just there's so much that happens and there's a lot of like monumental things and there's a lot of like small moments and we get to see some different character interactions like we get to see Andy and Dwight on the same page like for the first time ever. A, a little times. Ryan and Dwight stuff going on. A lot of Ryan and Dwight stuff going on. So I think it's just interesting the way that they like explore the different character dynamics in this season and I I really like it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was better than I remember it being if I had to rank it because I sent I sent you that graph yeah I got a graph it's probably like an eight like an yeah out of ten it's good but season seven is gonna bump it back up to a nine and then after that it just it's downhill (laughs) straight downhill (laughs) anything else you want to say before I cut this feed off I do not think so okay Michaela thank you so much I appreciate your time thank you for having me